What's going on, bro? What's up, man? Just sitting here watching the Underwear Olympics. The Underwear Olympics? I never knew we had that. It's, that's what they call the uh, combine. Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, that's very true. Uh, we got a lot of warriors out there that's going to look real good, Pause. Uh, in the combine, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Bruh, it was this one dude. Nigga was um, a six four cornerback. Nigga ran a four three flat. Yo, I heard the nigga from uh, UTSA. Yeah, that shit's wow. Yeah, man, they 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 starting to they starting to to create some characters out there. Uh, yeah, I guess the real key would just be can he actually play. I mean, I, I assume he's pretty decent, but, you know, everybody's so dependent on some schemes versus others, so yeah. hopefully he's not just a, a really fast guy. I don't think you remember... You may. Do you remember uh, Amai Carroll? Amai Carroll. Sound familiar. Amai uh, Carroll was, a, if I'm remembering his name right, he was a cornerback out of Arkansas who Pretty much ran like a four three. Never heard of that nigga before then, and didn't hear much of him afterwards. But because he had four three, uh, Green Bay decided to draft him early in the first round. And yeah. yeah, I guess that shit just didn't work out. I guess they were going by well, he's fast and he makes some tackles. Maybe he'll work out good for us. But yeah, that was uh, that was back when. Everybody didn't really run that, so yeah, you messed around and found a cornerback or whatever that that could do it. You kind of held on to him. Yeah, can't teach speed. No, nah, you really can't. You really can't. So you kind of, I mean, everybody's always looking for a big, fast corner because you figure, hey, I can at least work with him and figure him out. But in the history of the NFL, there haven't been many of them. Uh, your boy Bobby, is it Bobby Ingram? No, Bobby Mitchell. Whichever one of them, I'm, I'm probably tanking the fuck out of that nigga name. This one of them, he uh, he played for the Eagles back in the day. He was, uh, he was tall as shit. Troy Vincent. No, I think it was the other nigga. Dang it. That Troy Vincent used to be there. Man, talk about a name that she ain't heard in a while, right? Man, I heard that he like he would like the NFL Players Association. He like they president or something. I thought that was Dawkins. Nah, I think no, it's Vincent. Okay. Yeah, yeah they, I heard his name like the other day for some. Okay. Yeah, I ain't heard his name in a while. Uh, that's kind of funny because when we think about. Legions of Boom, them niggas might have been the original because they had that tall ass corner. Then they had Vincent. Then they had Dawkins. And then they had some other nigga at safety. I forget his name. And yeah. then, and then the Dolphins had a good one with was it Brock? Madison and Sertan. Sertan Brock something. What was his name? Fuck, I can't remember. They they had a good, a pretty good secondary for uh, a while, and the Dolphins pissed that away. But that's the Dolphins. <clears throat> All right. Well, we got ourselves a, another pick and roll situation going. 
did you wear your 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 John Stockton shorts today? Man, free balling. Damn, this nigga ain't even turned that last time. He forgot to turn. Shit. Mm. All right, so first things first. It looks like Coach K's last game at home was a ass kicking. The mm. amount which uh it was by his rival. So <laughs> so that's a cold hearted like Bugs Bunny, Elmer Fudd, I'ma get you at the very end of the episode and it's gonna go off type shit. Like Man, I, I gotta admit, of all the ways kind of go out to not only lose your last game, but lose it to your rival at home, at the crib. Shit. <laughs> That's ugly, man. Man, them folks was in there crying. I was like, damn. It ain't that serious, though. Like, <laughs> Because of the money they spent on them tickets. Like, fuck, I'm going to pay this shit back. Nah, I mean, those Duke kids, they all got, they all got bread. bread. Bread on top of bread. Yeah. yeah. So, the the motherfuckers in the stadium are damn players. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, so it brings up an interesting point. If it's your last game or your your last hurrah, how do, how would you want to go out? Would you do like something crazy or would you just coach a normal game and, and take it on in to the to the locker room? I'm I'm gonna try to win because of All course. Right. You ain't, you ain't trying to have no like. I don't know what what level of coach am I though? Have I been like one of the greatest coaches of all time? Or I'm just like some mid level nigga. I mean, let's just say mid level. Like you, you've done good. You've had some some head scratching moments because I mean, fuck. There's only so many Nick Sabers out there. So right. okay. So if that's the case, I'm gonna try to win, but. I'm pulling out all the plays. <laughs> the ones that you think, you know, like you you drew it up and then you're like, man, this one never worked. And you throw that shit away. Uh-huh. Uh, all the ones that I threw away. You unballing yeah. it and picking it out the trash. I'm picking up that paper. Because <laughs> if there's a game where I, I'm a – I, that would be the victory for me that no – I don't know. Well, maybe it would be a defeat knowing those plays would have worked if I ain't throw them away. But whatever, I don't know. But all them plays, I gotta see if they work. That's how I'm going out. I I am not mad at it. I am not mad at it at all. That I think would probably be best how I would uh I would um I try to go out like that. I pull out all the stops. I man, I'd be subbing everybody in, uh, especially if we fucking close. I mean, not close, but like we get a little bit of lead. Man, I'm subbing everybody in, getting everybody a taste, uh, and I'm probably out there blowing kisses to the crowd and shit, high five <laughs> niggas in the stands. Man, I'm gonna act the ass. This is my last game. <laughs> Don't fuck with me. Hey, uh, you saw you see like a couple weeks ago when Auburn. Uh, lost to Arkansas, and an Arkansas coach, uh, Arkansas fans storming the court. Uh-huh. All of a sudden, they pan to like the crowd, mm-hmm. and it's Arkansas's coach with his shirt off, with a sling on his arm. 
in the middle of the chaos. <laughs> yeah, look. I mean, fuck it, man. Like, if you go go out, go out on a fucking bang. I mean, you might as well. Shit, probably for Arkansas, that's probably like the best thing they could do. Cause that basketball team ain't been good since uh, what was that? Black this year? Huh? They good? Yeah, they good this year. Oh, they are okay. I didn't know that. Cause last time I remember Arkansas being good was back in the the early nineties when they had that one team that went kind of deep. Yeah, no, was that Nolan Richardson? Yeah, Nolan Richardson, but I can't remember. I don't know how you convince niggas to come to Fayetteville, Arkansas, but goddamn it, he did it. Shit, how you convince niggas to go anywhere? To be honest, shit. Touche. There's some towns out there, man. It, it it would take a lot to get me there. All right, so we've established that. Oh, and definitely, if they scored a touchdown, I'm running to the fucking end zone, and I'm fucking chest bumping, high five. Yeah. I'm cutting up. All right, so that's the first one. All right, so now we got to get into something a little more serious. We're going to talk about Grambling and their hiring and resigning of our brows. Uh, so Grambling tried to hire him, and I guess because of the way that the Louisiana school systems have to work, you kind of have to make a big announcement. Well, not a big announcement, but you have to make an announcement because you're going to have to pass it on to the next level and they're going to be alerted. So I guess in order to get it approved by the powers to be, it came out and then it was just like a firestorm. Now we've kind of talked about it a little bit in the group chat, but to kind of pull back the curtain of the LOIC, we'll kind of talk on our points and I guess first things first, like don't get it twisted. Our our brows did a lot of fucked up shit turning his a blind eye. I'll say this. The part that people never seem to always want to mention, our brows isn't a unique story. There are plenty of art brows at a lot of different schools and a lot of people just seem to mum the word when it comes to talking about some of those coaches and how they turn a blind eye to some stuff or cover up some other things. So when people start pointing their fingers, I want people to also understand in the seedy underbelly of college football, there aren't many clean individuals. There are a lot of individuals who have covered up, paid off, hushed, and whatever adjective you can use to keep their program running and keep situations out of the media's eye. I think where he fucked up the most was he doubled down. We're in a era where a lot more things are more accessible and the administration basically kind of hung him out to dry. They made him the scapegoat. But they knew what they were getting. They knew what they were getting into when they basically was like, all right, by any means, we got to turn this shit around. And the any means started happening. 
and they started turning a blind eye to it as well. And cultivating a culture that breeded that. Uh, with that being said, you know, it's funny. People always talk about Brian Kelly or uh, what's that dude that went to Maryland? I mean, the coach in Maryland. Durkin. Yeah. They'll talk about him, but you know, nobody bangs that fucking hammer all day, every day to keep them out of coaching. And it's like nobody's saying assault on a woman is not bad, but you know, killing people is equally bad. People dying on your watch is is horrendous. You should not be coaching and people died on your watch. And like I said, people love to bang that hammer for our brows, but I need y'all to have that same energy for Brian Kelly and oh boy. So I understand why Grambling did it because they felt like we needed to do things to wake up the program that used to be the premier gym of black college football. And kind of like one of us said in the the chat, you kind of understand why they did it because he's going to get recruits from Texas because he knows Texas coaches and he's got a pretty good offense Uh, where I kind of also understand he's not the only one that ran the offense. There's a lot of other people that that ran it and and have adapted it to the new age time. So it kind of just leaves, they really were just using him for his football acumen and his recruiting ability. And I I don't know. Uh, I I can't call it. I, I think just because you hire him doesn't mean that assaults are going to run rampant or he's going to be like, all right, that's cool. Like nobody ever talks about this was like a a multi-level thing and he was just a part of it as well. Like it wasn't just him. So I think if you do decide to hire him, I, I think long as you're not putting him in a position where he's making decisions, I can't, I, I'm not going to pile on and pretend like, oh, well, because he's an offensive coach, now kids on that campus are going to think they could just do whatever the fuck. Like, no, that, it doesn't work like that. Uh, I'll let you, you know, go and say some of your thoughts. Well, my main thought is, Shouldn't have hired his white ass in the first fucking place. <laughs> it, nah, man. Uh, throw, throw all the other shit away. The uh, sauce and all that, fuck all that. We ain't, I ain't even talking about that. My thing is... You, ha, you, you, can't, can you can't preach HBCU pride and black pride and Black coaching matters and all that shit. When you get a chance to hire an offensive coordinator who who essentially 
and you know the way college football is now, everything's offensive generated anyway. Yeah. So he's your second face on the coaching staff. Um, just you know, um, when it comes to like attention wise and all of that stuff, oh, who's yeah. the OC? Yeah. The camera pointed to the OC every you know every other play. So the the greatest HBCU football program ever. Go had his white man up there. When you're passing up on black coaches, yeah, I I I agree with you, and I remember when you said that in the. Uh, I remember when you said that in the in the group chat, and I I agree wholeheartedly that there were so many different candidates. And the crazy thing about the whole thing is, Hugh probably in his Rolodex could reach out. So many different fucking coaches. And he got a lot, ton of them. He he could just reach out to so many different coaches. Hell, he could have brought well. Marvin Lewis isn't offensive; he's defensive. But I mean, he could have grabbed some niggas. Mm-hmm. So so it's it's, it's a it's a young. It's, it might be a black QB coach somewhere. Yeah. Who who want a you know who want a shot or. You know who sh- who should get a shot, and that's the purpose of HBCU football. Well, one of the pur- purposes is to have a place for Black people. Um, and so to have that spot given to a white dude, and I said the same thing when um, Dion hired his OC. I, they might be great football minds. But sorry, bro, this ain't the place for you. Well, it, um, it, it leads to an interesting conundrum, and Lucky kind of touched on this in the the group chat. Uh, you kind of got to – we feel this need where we we have to get on and get along before we put on. And I don't know, like – does Dion? I get what he's trying to do. He's trying to raise the floor of the place he's coaching so that he can use this as a stepping stone into somewhere else. But then it's like, can't you still do that and still put other black coaches on? Right. Do that and still create a black staff because I just feel like there White are. Man, of, I'm sorry, what? I said the white man ice cold. That's all it is. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like there's so many different opportunities, and shit, it ain't nothing to fucking send your coaches to a coaching seminar or hell. Pay a motherfucker, come down there, go over the shit with you, and right. then, and, and, and roll with it. I mean, yes, you might not be able to get, uh, and I'm just using this an art browse because you know whatever the fuck reason. You could pay our brows to come down there, teach his offense, go through it with you, and then he go on his way. Mm-hmm. You need to consult him. You pay him like, hey, uh, we just want you to crunch film. Tell us where we messed up at and what we can do differently. And and, and you know what? I got no problems with that while you still bring along your black staff. So I, 
I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. I think this whole situation is just bred upon, there's just become this need for HBCUs to raise their floor, and it's got them jumping out the window doing things that they don't necessarily need to do. I, something has to happen. Like, the floor does have to be raised, but it, it, it can't be, we're just going to take a chance on any and everybody. Mm-hmm. Especially when, like you said, there's so many black coaches out there not getting an opportunity that you can reach out to. And, you know, y'all, you could just bring them on and send them on somewhere else. Hey, you spent the year here. We're going to send you over to another team or whatever the case may be. Right. And, you know, I know it's not really his concern what goes on at the next level, but you see uh, Brian Flores situation where he's like, um, you know, his whole lawsuit situation. Yeah. And so it's like, oh, black coaches aren't getting the chance. And then you go down to another, you go down another level, the college level. It's even worse. It's, it's worse, you know. Black they, coaches still aren't getting a chance. Because they just want to relegate us to positions and recruiting. Well, I know right. he's real good down there in South Texas, so we'll keep him on the staff, but we're never going to give him an opportunity to move up to D coordinator or O coordinator. Motherfucker just stuck as a positional coach, never moving up. Uh, I think about the dude who finally got a coaching job at Manise State, which is one of the most impacted colleges by hurricanes that they are at such a fucking deficit. It's probably high schools with better situations than what's going on at Manise State. And that's not, you know, trying to pull nothing away. But, I mean, he was basically there as a head coach just to finally probably get a shot because he wasn't getting there nowhere else. And then what did he do? He said, shit, man, I'm tired of this shit here. At least I know if I go to Nebraska, they'll pay a nigga. Yeah. And give him a chance because this nigga desperate. But it's like, why does he have to go to Nebraska to a desperate head coach who may not even be there next year? Right. So, you know, that that's the, the frustrating part about that. And that's kind of our, our other question was, you know, what does it take for us to get on? And I think when some coaches are put in position, are put in position they, they got to put others on because it just ain't going to happen nowhere else like that. And that's the one thing I like about uh, Lovey Smith. Man, if you're a black coach, he's going to definitely try to put you on. Yeah, if, you know. If he gonna get you some, 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 some uh, credentials and and all that stuff, and and then you can go out and do your thing. But at least I'm gonna give you a chance. Yeah, I mean, say what you will about you know uh, some of Tony. You know, sometimes Tony Dungy a little too soft and a little too passive. But that man put on a whole lot of black coaches. It is a ton of black coaches. Look. Every nigga that touched the NFL HC headset then came out from under Tony Dungy. Like, 
he directly associated with him in some form of capacity. Was, I think him and Dennis Green got like every black coach to have a touch. <laughs> you know, like between I'm, them two is everybody. Dog, you ain't never fucking lying. Like they black coaching tree is like some niggas family tree. That bitch is long. Right. And you know, but the thing about it is all of those are defensive coaches. And because you know they Oh, offense difficult. You know, offense takes a lot of brain power. You know, black 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 men don't understand offense, and so that's another reason why I'm kind of upset. You know, yeah, uh, was like upset that they hired him because black offensive coaches don't get a shot. They don't get a shot, like at all. Period. I can't even mm-hmm. off the top of my head think of a, a young. Black OC outside of Elliot and Eric Enemy. Gaddis. Um Gaddis. Yeah. Um that's that's it. I guess right. Like I mean it's probably it's probably a, maybe a couple out there, but shit, I don't know. Wait, no, Shaw. Uh, the great black man David Shaw. So Dennis Green, he ain't really young. I ain't gonna really consider him young, though. You know oh, what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not young. So Dennis Green was offense because he, if I'm remembering, he was off of uh, yeah, fuck. what's that San Francisco coach that that did the West? Bill. Huh? Walsh. Yeah, I believe he was off the Walsh tree. Mm. If I'm remembering right, because he did a stint up in Stanford, and I think that's how uh, I want to say Harbaugh got there and Shaw. He's got yeah. some. Tie, he's got some tie to Shaw, if, if I'm remembering right. But it sounds some. That sounds about right. Yeah, if if I'm remembering it right, hopefully I, I'm not fucking that up. But if I'm remembering right, they got like some tie to each other. Somehow, some way, but yeah, like Dennis Green was offense, but again, every black coach probably has some tie to those two, some way or another. <laughs> yeah, crying shame because unless them two get on, they really not a lot of coaches putting black folks on, except for Bruce Arian, who's uh black adjacent. Nah, just because a nigga wear a Kango hat don't mean he won't call you a nigga to your back. So. Touche. When I say black and Jason, I'm just saying like he 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 probably hang out with the brothers and he has put brothers on. It's almost kind of like a Pat Riley. He 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 probably got to the blues club. <laughs> like man, that 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 motherfucker right there got some good uh got some good bass playing going on. Oh, that's oh, yeah. about Bruce probably go. Hey, I was gonna say now nah, I'm willing to bet Bruce Aaron probably be at them hole in the walls eating good like. Man, this nigga know all the fucking food spots in this city. He got one fucking heart monitor on the damn sideline. <laughs> <laughs> he had to be fat ass. They got to wear one of them. <laughs> touche, touche. All right, so we've talked about those two things. All right, so we had a game between previously just mentioned McNeese State and Houston Baptist that was – 144 to 149. Can you think of a game that was like more bananas football wise? I want to say that one Tennessee game that what? Didn't that bitch go to like seven or nine 
overtime? No, seven or eight? Uh, I think it was like LSU and Arkansas, if I'm not mistaken. They had like a seven, seven overtime game. I know LSU and Texas A&M had that crazy game a couple yeah. years ago. Yeah, where everybody just kept scoring. Yeah. Uh, I mean, can you imagine like two teams dropping seventy in regulation? That would probably be like. Ooh, I would hate it. I, I, I mean, you probably get a heart attack like sitting on the sideline. I mean, I'm I'm not really a, I'm not really a huge fan of shootouts like that. Cause I, I I need a resistance, you know. If everything if everything easy, man, you know, it just ugh, just give me the heebie-jeebies. I think that's what I like most about football is like the obvious resistance of fucking a nigga up. <laughs> I, think, I think sometimes you you have the the resistance, but shit, man, when niggas just can't do nothing about it. Because I think about like the old school Big Twelve days when it was so many different offensive minds. Like I think a lot of people like to put the moniker that it was just no defense in the Big Twelve. And granted, there wasn't a ton of defensive talent that you could put your your finger on out of those years. But shit, collectively, you could probably look at a lot of different schools and say, damn, they produce a lot of defensive talent that didn't, and at the most have a cup of coffee in the league. But I think if you look at all those different offensive minds in the Big 12, shit, man, I don't know too many defensive coordinators that could have did something with some of that shit. I mean, you might get the run and shoot one week, the spread the next week, uh, the – um, oh, shit, I can't think of them other ones. But, you know, all them different variations of – passing game 